What would happen if you were no longer allowed to kiss due to, say, a pandemic? What if touching, shaking hands, hugging familiar people, high-fiving your team? What if some or all of these were banned? The question is, what impact does it have on your brain? Hey guys, welcome back to the Brain and Brand Show. I'm Timothy Maurice, and this is the show designed to offer you insight into the psychology of influence, helping you understand the world between neurons and narratives, from brain cells to brand stories. What impact does reduced touching have on your brain? And what can you do if you're missing the power of touch during this lockdown? My goal in today's show is to share a little science about touch and to take you into a conversation with a friend of mine from the Bahamas, Rafiq Simonet, an entrepreneur who reveals how he's navigating quarantine and alone. In fact, we both share how we are learning to live with a lot less touch. Before I jump into my conversation with Rafiq and share a little science, here's a poem to remind you just how powerful touch is. Touch. It is touch that is the deadliest enemy of chastity, loyalty, monogamy, gentility. It's codes, conventions, and restraints. By touch, we are betrayed and betray others. An accidental brushing of shoulders or touching of hands. Hands laid on shoulders in a gesture of comfort. That lies like a thief. That takes, not gives. That wants, not offers. That awakes, not pacifies. When one flesh is waiting, there is electricity in the merest contact. Rafiq Simonet is a good friend of mine who lived in South Africa for more than a decade. Enjoy. Rafiq Simonet, welcome to the Brain and Brand Show. Hey, thanks for having me, Tim. Man, when people think about the Bahamas, we think about just partying, festive life. And how has it been in the Bahamas? Well, as we say, it's it's still better in the Bahamas, uh, but the <laughs> the weather <laughs> the weather has been amazing. Um, which is sad for us because we don't have we're not able to have all the wonderful tourists come and experience it. So while, as you've noticed, it's been in lots of parts of the world, the weather has been pretty bad uh, during yeah. this period. We've had sunny skies and beautiful weather the whole time. So that's been great. The difference here really is that we're quite locked down. So I think I've mentioned this to you before, but, you know, we've taken quite a strong stance on the lockdown. So we've been under 24-hour curfew uh, for now going on seven weeks. So it's oh, been wow. quite... Quite stressful, yeah. So can you get um, out and can you get out and go for a jog or exercise? What are you allowed to do? Yeah, we're allowed to we're allowed to go out for walks during the day and exercise during the day. Uh, but in the evenings it's under full lockdown. So you're not allowed to leave your premises after nine PM. You're in the tourism business, right? Yeah, so I mean that's the biggest impact is that you know, overall I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I've kind of been in the entrepreneurial world for quite some time. But uh Right now, I'm working heavily in tourism as a tour operator and running a transportation business. So things have all but grinded to a halt for us uh, with the airports closing. Things have become pretty quiet. Most of the work that I'm doing now is around moving around essential staff. Um, but beyond that, things have been really quiet from the business side. Have you driven around the island? What what does it look like around the island? It's uh, it's really different. It's It's interesting to engage with a place that's uh, a very be- beautiful place to be. 
uh, that we're used to seeing thousands of people everywhere. So sometimes you get to just pull up and look at beaches. All the beaches are closed. So just driving past miles and miles of beautiful beach that's completely bare. Uh, beautiful to watch, uh, but a little bit, you know, discouraging being someone in tourism because we're used to seeing them full and packed with people enjoying them. I definitely get the sense that the animals have enjoyed it because you can see the seagulls out flying and enjoying themselves. And oh, yeah. folks have mentioned you're seeing dolphins in places you haven't seen in in years. So the animals are enjoying this for sure. Oh, yeah. They're having a party. So the party has shifted to the ocean. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, in terms of your kind of social life, you know, one of the things that when you lived, how, by the way, how long did you live in South Africa before you? You know, you've lived all over the world, but your South African chapter of your career in life, how long were you here? Uh, 12 years, actually. Isn't that amazing? So I was oh, there wow. for 12 years, two, yeah. 2002. You know, one of the things you were quite known for is really, you know, hosting, you know, bringing good people together, having quality conversation. Uh, how much have you missed that? Oh, I've definitely missed it. It's been tough. You know, you can't have those typical social engagements. But, you know, technology has really changed a lot of that. I know not everyone's doing it, but um, I've still been trying to do some hosting online. So we've sure. taken it from uh, from the, the dining room table to the, the Zoom room table. So Zoom socials, and, uh, Zoom happy hours is definitely some stuff that I've been trying to put together to still create that sense of engagement. Yeah, a friend of mine um, from the UK, she had a birthday and she essentially had about she had people from eight countries log on, and, and but she did something unique where throughout the day, she had scheduled three different inputs. So there was a toast in the morning. There was a lunch where we had a cook-off. Everybody cooked pasta. And then, we, you know, we showed our pasta online. And then there was a, she gave the winner an iTunes gift certificate. And then we played 30 seconds at night. So her birthday was literally jam-packed. And she said that, Typically, what she would have done is she would have had a few friends get together who lived in the same area and ignored everyone else around the world, whereas moving forward, even after lockdown, she'll still try to incorporate people from around the world. And I thought about your network and, you know, you got a really expansive global network. Has Have you thought about how this cre has created an opportunity moving forward? Oh, definitely. Um so one of the things that I've done is I've engaged with people from around the world that I don't typically reach out to. So I've been spending time on Zoom calls with friends from all over the world, uh, whether it be like Asia, Europe, Africa, everywhere, um, sort of just reconnecting. So this has been a great opportunity to using technology to re-engage with folks uh, because you have a lot more time on your hands than you've ever had in the past. It's crazy. You know, I, Part of the reason why I wanted to jump on this call with you was you and I have something in common in that we are quarantining alone. I've been trying to internalize what that has meant for me. What has that been like for you? It's been so interesting, you know, that you mentioned that. Like One of the biggest challenges has been you feed so much off of people's energy. Um, yeah. And one of the things that I've noticed is that even with my limited engagement with people, uh, this this six-foot social distancing thing makes a big difference, right? Because yeah. you have so much extra personal space, so you don't get the same level of energy from folks when you're you're standing, um, you know, two meters apart. Um, so that's been different for sure for me. 
Um, I miss that having people in your space vibe, you know, so because you get a lot of energy and excitement from that. You know, one of the things I've noticed today actually was at the grocery store grabbing some vegetables that eye contact has taken on a new meaning and, you know, engaging people, even a smile underneath the mask, you can really see if someone is smiling or not. But I find that people are quite reluctant to make eye contact. Yeah. How, how have you experienced it? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know what? Because people are afraid to strike up conversations because there is this sense of not wanting to be too close to each other. Um, yeah. But also, too, you get out of practice, right? You know, like in many ways, you know, Tim, every day we used to spend all of our time really interacting with people throughout the day. After spending, you know, 12 hours by yourself in your house after a while, you lose the touch, you know, you lose that, that sense of knowing how to engage at that level. So I think a lot of people are out of practice. You know, we haven't been talking this way for a while. Before I finish my chat with Rafiq, let me share a little bit about what touch does to the brain so you can internalize our dilemma and perhaps yours a bit more acutely. We are social beings wired for touch. Non-human primates as well as humans are wired for it. Primates spend 10 to 20% of their waking day grooming each other. Researcher Tiffany Field found in her touch studies that preterm newborns who received just three 15-minute sessions of touch therapy each day for 5 to 10 days straight gained 47% more weight. Even rats whose mothers groomed them more grew up with less anxiety. Orphans who were touched more grew up and performed better at maths because they were able to have more mental control. Neuroscientist Edmund Rolls shows in his research that touch activates the brain's orbital frontal cortex, which is linked to feelings of reward and compassion. Touch signals safety and trust. And in one of the most fascinating studies on touch by Jim Cohn and Richard Davison, they looked at how the brain reacted to a painful blast of white noise. They hooked up study participants to brain scanners. There were two groups. One group had their partner stroke their arm in anticipation of the loud noise. The other group was alone. The group with the partner touching their arm showed less activity in the stress regions of the brain. So I think you see why touch is so powerful. Now that you get the picture, enjoy the rest of the conversation. You guys, when you started quarantine, from the time you started to now, how many weeks has it been? I think it's been, yeah, seven weeks. Total. Oh, seven weeks. Yep. Oh, wow. That's insane. I mean, you're literally nearing two months. Yep. And when you think about your, some things that you don't think you'll get back, I know from my side, you know, I'm at that age where it's time to retire. It's like Vince Carter. I have something <laughs> in common with Vince Carter. Vince, <laughs> Vince was supposed to retire at the end of this year and it doesn't because he's not going to make the playoffs. Basically, the pandemic retired him. And I feel like there are a few areas of my life that have been retired, uh, particularly basketball and some other things that I were, I was interested in. Do you have any of those areas in your life? Well, uh, one that I find quite funny is that I, I think, um, I think the era of, of me going to the club is probably over. I don't think I'm going to be socializing, um, at the, <laughs> at the nightclubs in the same way that I used to. I think this, this social distancing probably has um, 
like your basketball probably should start to mark my retirement from that <laughs> that environment. So it was starting to, uh, and just like Vince Carter, it was starting to wane a bit before this, but I think this is probably yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> going to push it over the edge. Um, I think we'll have to focus more on uh, smaller social gatherings and uh, maybe uh, music festivals and things of that nature. Uh, that's one of the things I've yeah. missed the most is I've missed enjoying music with others. You know, that's there's something about connecting to music when you're with other people in a close proximity, which I think has always been part yeah. of the allure of the nightclub, right? Because you're engaging with music in such a primal way with folks within, sure. within a few feet of you. Uh, I'm not so sure how that works with social distancing. You know, part of why I wanted to do this episode around you know, what it's like to be quarantined alone and missing out on touch is I was thinking about, if you think about the worst punishment for another human being in the world is solitary confinement, basically lockdown. Part of the reason why it's such intense punishment is that you don't get a chance to digest as another person's energy, as you said, and so forth. Do you find yourself feeling like you need to touch, uh, you need to engage, that you need to. And if you are, how are you finding that? I mean, one of the things I've done is that at, at a local uh, grocery store, there's a guy there from Zim who has just a brilliant mind. And so I found myself going there to get coffee just to have that kind of experience, that that touch, to, to have a conversation with him about his global perspective. What are some of your hacks to be able to experience touch? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's been really tough, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you mentioned this solitary confinement. I think going into this process, the one thing I wanted to do is, you know, in those movies about uh, the the criminal who goes in and turns his life around and comes out as a, as a god afterwards in terms of um, civil rights leader <laughs> or something of that nature. Sure, I was, sure. I was, I was determined that I was going to go in and come out more Malcolm X than come out crazy. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I had to put in a lot of structure to do that. You know, so one of the ways that I've I've sort of been able to hack that is probably creating more structure to my day than necessary to sort of deal with the confinement. So, what I've been doing is like, you know, I try to eat breakfast at exactly the same time, start engaging with work around the same time. Um, have deliberate breaks for lunch and things like that. So it's like I've been creating a lot more structure, um, but then also structurally, like I spend an hour each day going for a walk. Um, I've I've made a laundry list of audio books I want to go through through this process, and I've just been like churning through those. Um, so really, just trying to work on some self growth stuff. Uh, but then also, I have a buddy who used to. He used to joke about this concept he called where it was called self-romancing. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Sure. And like, no. And the idea is basically, you know, we spend a lot of time when we're dating, looking at creating an aspect of romance for a date when you're engaging with folks. But does anybody ever really date themselves? Um, so like doing all the things you love for yourself um, to try to create that atmosphere. So I've been trying to do a bit of that. Uh, Cooking myself nice What's meals. Cooking. Anything else you've become fond of? Uh, yeah. Well, cooking for sure. I had no idea that I could cook. 
so this is the first time I really <laughs> um, exposed myself to cooking, and it's something that I've taken on and really enjoyed just walking through the process. Um, and then just uh, I've been doing a bit of meditating, so really spending some time internally, listening to different uh, meditation uh, podcasts. Uh, the funniest person I've been meditating to is uh, one of the hip-hop legends from the the 90s the rizza has his own um meditation from his website oh wow that i've been listening to oh, wow. so it's been it's been interesting sort of like spending a little bit more time sort of uh digging internally what are you tired of like you you really want this lockdown to end because if you do this or see this or experience this one more time it's going to be a bit much um to be honest uh i'm, I'm not liking my my kitchen table anymore because I've spent so much time sitting behind it. So uh, <laughs> little did I know that, uh, cause I've been, I've got a nice big Island in my, in my house and I've been doing a lot of work from there. So I could definitely do it a little break from working from there. Uh, that's one of the things I definitely won't, won't miss for a while. What, what have you feel like, um, you've gained in this process? You said you went into it kind of deliberate. You structured yourself. You structured your day in a way where you, we're determined to come out more Malcolm X. What, what have, what is the X? What is the X yeah, that you gained? Well, the X factor is just eating healthier, I think. Uh, so it, one thing about preparing your own meals is it sort of improves the quality. And who knew? I mean, everyone talks about it, but you know, to actually experience the impact of eating better and how it makes you feel better. Uh, so that's been something for sure. Uh, you know, without even like consciously dieting or anything of that nature, just through this seven weeks, I've lost like 12 pounds. It completely oh, wow. shocked me That's because incredible. it wasn't deliberate. You know, there was no plan to it. So that was quite something. I thought going into this, I'm like, okay, we're going to be a mess, like gain weight. All And it's, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm prepared more fresh juices and just far healthier because you realize with yep. our crazy schedules, we just eat out way too much is there a restaurant or a specific space oh yeah that for was sure the one thing i've been or a coffee I've really shop missed is that you really missed coffee shops um you know like when i when i don't want to be in the office and i want to just sort of think broadly i used to love to go sit in the coffee shop and just um sit out and enjoy myself there's a in nassau we have a coffee shop which is actually right on the water uh called lewis and steam so the coffee shop actually the ocean um so that i've definitely missed i used to spend oh, wow. like my saturdays uh, picking through some planning for the week while drinking a coffee looking at the ocean so that's something that i'm i'm completely missing and then just food you know the funny thing is that even though i'm talking about preparing food at home um, there's only so much uh, new food skills you can develop in a short time. yeah uh, so i'm missing the variety <laughs> you know like being able to eat different things yeah. around the world. Yeah, I mean, there's just some things I don't know how to cook. I mean, I've been I've enjoyed certain things, but there are certain cuisines. I mean, I what, I've tried to do Asian one night, um, kind of East Asian, <laughs> uh, Japanese style. I completely messed that up, so I went back to my grilled chicken. But one one thing, <laughs> socially, I do a lot of uh, civic work uh, through the Rotary Foundation, and you know, one thing that makes that work so well is the fact that you get to socialize, engage with folks while you give back. It has a different feel when you're only communicating and engaging via Zoom, you know. So I miss the 
I miss the being able to give back together with other people. Um, that's been a big change, you know, like being able to sit and work on social uh, programs oh, yeah. together. Uh, definitely something I'm missing out on. One of the first graduates of the Oprah School, um, her name is Pumi. She's been living in Los Angeles, and when she heard the lockdown uh, was happening, she just kind of got ahead of it, and she made it back to South Africa just in time. And we had a chat the other day about her journey and one of the things that, you know, some of the things that she, you know, how the lockdown has fundamentally changed her. And she says that it's made her realize just how much she needed to be home, that she wants to serve this country and not just be traveling around the world and so forth. Uh, has the lockdown made you appreciate the Bahamas? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Miss I mean, Ghana, um, different parts of the world. There's something to be said for what are being your thoughts about in your home country when going through this much turmoil, you know? Um, so being, almost being close to the action. Um, and for me, working directly in tourism, yeah. which is kind of the, the lifeblood of our country, um, you're really kind of tied into what is going to be make the make or break decisions that are happening within your nation for its future. Uh, there's something deeply important about that. You know, uh, it feels important. Uh, it's very strenuous and very, uh, lots of pressure associated with, but that's for sure. Something I picked up on, but it also just reminds you about, to be honest, you know, I've been shooting a lot of video and footage teasing friends of mine from like my rooftop looking at the ocean. But you actually start to appreciate some of the benefits of just <laughs> living in a beautiful place is something, man. It's, uh, it, it makes a lot of this stuff a lot easier to handle. Um, I've had a real chance to get to enjoy my, my own space that I invested a lot of time and yeah. energy into making it comfortable. Um, but I've never spent this much time in it. So it's been, been really refreshing and nice. I've missed having that high touch with my family. Um, and it's made me have a whole new sense of how important it is to be able to spend time and love and hug and uh, laugh with those that you care about. Uh, and I think uh, that's the one thing I'm missing the most. And I think like you, uh, Tim, I've, I've had to rethink this whole idea about the, you know, the future of my life, you know, in many ways I've been a, I've been a almost a perpetual bachelor for a long time. Um, and I've always been able, find my way into having uh, interactions with people outside of yeah. the confines of being um, in a marriage or something of that nature. But this makes you really rethink the power of the nuclear family. Searching, so you want kids uh, now? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Even researching different dog brands, you know, and I never expected <laughs> to be the guy with the dog. So, um, you know, the, the, the white picket fence, our old school <laughs> format is looking a little bit appealing after this lockdown. Yeah, no, this is definitely, you know, cause like you said, you've worked so hard to build and create a space that's comfortable. You know, I think it comes a time what this lockdown has made me realize is that, you know, legacy is also important. <clears throat> you know, what do I want to pass on to the next generation? If you think about, and then maybe this is the last question is if you think about one thing that you want to pass on, uh, I've looked back on and reminisced about all my travels, um, about how my greatest sense of growth came from spending time in the world and with people from all around the world. Uh, so one of the things I want to, I want to be able to pass on is, um, a desire for the road 
you know, that wonderlust that everybody talks about um, and live it to its fullest, you know, just always stay on the road, like always make sure that you keep traveling and going to see and engaging with new people because that's where all the, that's where you grow within yourself, you know, seeing how other people are living life. If you're unable to experience the touch of others, like a partner, let's take Rafiq's advice and take yourself on a date in your own home. I certainly am. A huge thanks to Rafiq, and as soon as the lockdown is over, I suggest we all take a trip to the Bahamas to hang out. If you would like to get in touch with him, drop me a mail, podcast at timothymaurice.com. In the meantime, rate the show and do share with someone you care about. Stay safe and healthy. Until next time.